نشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الوالي الكريم وصلى الله على انبياء اجمعين والمسيح والمحسي والمجدد لمن مرسلين اما بعد Are we not the bearers of witness that nothing would exist if Allah didn't create it? And that He is alone and has no part? And that all gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the sustainer of all the boundless universes. All gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the generous eternal friend. And send salutations of Allah on all of His prophets and His apostles. And on the Messiah, the anointed one. And on the Mahdi, the God, and on the Mujaddid, the Reform, which was all sent from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. We send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe to all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi taala wa barakatuh. The man of the hour, airing seven days a week at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On WGAG Radio. Shalom, everybody. It's a great day and time we're living. These are the days of the end of the world when all the prophecies are being fulfilled. And for me to be here amongst you today to break this spell, I merely ask to give your attention. Shalom. Now, hit me with that first question. Come on. Yes, sir. When did I? Shukrasim. Well, we couldn't even hear because the reason why um, we scoured spent some time trying to locate the right spot because it has to be over coral reefs and beneath it, running water, rushes of water that creates the electrical friction that we need. We find strategic places on the planet where that's at. We just happen to be in a village, not a sound in Africa. They're in a village right above us. You know, see a miraculous event takes place. Or the, the medicine man, the shaman, might um, he might learn exactly where that spot is and build his little area around that spot and have things levitating and everybody in the whole village goes, ooh la la, ooh la la la. The Hindus are real good at finding those things. Thousand laws and all that to find the magnetic field. You set up your little religious uh, ashrams or the Mutafawak set up your little camp there. Because in that area there's electric. It's a very natural phenomenon. You know something about science. The sad part about it is religion spends a lot of time trying to avoid science. Because science is true, most of the things that are miraculous or phenomenal in religion wrong. So the best thing to do is keep everybody away from science. And you break away and you find certain things like the magnetic world. Our current perspective planet, a new island is coming up in Hawaii. Right? They're talking about it in the news now. And what happens is the 
Hawaiian priests are saying to God of bringing them a new island for them. Actually, see what happens whether they're God's doing or not. It's just in this regular a volcano under the ground erupting in it. And when it erupts beneath the sea surface, the water rushes in, cools it off, it starts to what? Automatically. Swell. And it pushes its way up. So in a couple of years or so, we just send a couple of three, a couple of thousand by their doing. Right? A new island will pop up and they'll have a prediction confirmed. You see, and then the priest will look holier than holy. Because now this island came up from nowhere. You don't take no risk on um, predictions that are not scientifically verifiable. Especially again, like I said, in a religious community where they do everything in their power to avoid science. It's very convenient. Which makes us, you know, kind of different than most people because we delve into science. If you make predictions through science, you have to be accurate. You follow? If you make predictions through religion, you can just change it. Like Joe Witness, they made a multiple amount of predictions they didn't come through, but it's still more Joe Witness than they are back. So as long as they're religious, it doesn't really make no difference. So we transform from the religious community into a more scientific community where we escalated from the degree of Islamism on up to Morocco, moving from that third degree to the fourth degree of study. And we got here, it's all scientific fact. So everything we say got to come through. And because we've been blessed by the presence of the Elohim, the Mexican water, Anunnaki, Everything we've said since we've been uh, under the guidance of the Anunnaki starting to come through. Now they talk to the small intelligence about life on the planet Europa. And we know the Fulgurars are from Europa. That's in our doctrine. We know how that happens. All of a sudden, we talk about it, it pops up. You know, it's interesting. I listen to a guy called him Reverend Valentine or something like that. And the masses be gathered. And all they do is talking about MC and any of those the grid and the magnetic grid and uh, fuselage and time walking and gill references and craft coming at the end and why the planet is going through or the climatic changes. And they might as well be sitting in one of our classes. You follow, but never will they mention that it's coming to us. It's a matter of time before whatever this guy is saying, he has to wait for the next book. And so let's do our job and give them something to talk about if it's saving souls. So it has to do with a selection of the proper locale in Florida. And he found two spots. The first spot was not magnetic enough to do things. He picked up and he moved to another place. And he knew that because Tesla told him. That was when he did with Renee. Yeah. First of all, let me ask. Hmm? Okay. Small biology. When people run the words, just micro means, you know, Greek for macro most tiny biology. So let me do not do much thing. I little books like this. That's all it means. Little teeny <laughs> You watch these words. The devil is good with words. Right? The main point is for people now that you have digested um, 
a large part of the Holy Catholic. And predominantly it seems like chapter 16 would be the one everybody likes to stay in. I don't know why. And all the emails about chapter 6, right? There's so much information in there, I know. I've been starting to expound on information in it uh, because a lot of these things you can't explain. But when you deal with ethers, ethers are dealing with the key of nothingness that I told you all about yesterday. I said there's a state called nothingness. Right? And I said you had to create a state of nothingness to create something in it. To the layman here, that sounds like mumbo jumbo because I know if I did it, and somebody, you know, in a lady's state of mind, I said, what the heck is that mess? Can you create nothingness? Right? But the creation of nothingness is when a form of energy is in transit to another state. Meaning, when you on earth plane, and this is a symbol, when you on earth plane, go back to the lightest element before the cork was identified, you got back to hydrogen. You know that because they called it one. So anything on the other side of one is zero. And zero means non-existent. Ah, right? Not here. Okay, so now. So when hydrogen was, was thought to be the lightest element, right, in the first principle of existence, and this is pre-court, then what did exist. You understand that? But it was not known to exist. And scientists worldwide, in all fields of scientific endeavors, were accepting the principle of hydrogen as a lightest element. You with me? But did what exist insofar as, as they got more sophisticated, with computers and larger telescopes, and they were able to find the port within the hydrogen. So while the hydrogen was identified as the lightest element in the first stage of existence, insofar as port did exist, port was existing in a state of nothingness. Until they get to the other side of hydrogen and become something. Something simply is S-U-N-T-H-I-N-G. Not S-O-M. That's phonetic. The something means it sums up to something. See, an hydrogen atom sums up to something. Nothing means no thing. And no is symbolic of number. You know, you're going to write number, instead of writing N-U-M-B-E-R, you write N-O and then tattoo <laughs> to imply number. So, no thing is something without its number. You with me? I don't want to sound like I hate mumble jumble teachers. <laughs> they can sound deep, it don't make no sense. And I don't want to sound like that. I want you to grasp it so you got to teach it. When you get on the side of hydrogen, right, you step into no thing if hydrogen is the lightest thing in existence. It doesn't mean that nothingness doesn't exist. It means that nothingness hasn't become one of the things that exist. 
didn't have a number. You start dealing with the incident when you get down to the court. Like years ago, I say, well, when you get down to hydrogen, on the other side of hydrogen is the law. Because a law would have to stand the whole non-existent state to be radiant, yet exists. The radiant is the word they use in for unseen. In order for a law to exist and not be perceived, he must not sum up to a thing. You follow? Though he is a thing, he can't sum up to a thing. He can't be calculated as a thing. So the best thing they could do was say, Allahu Ahad. See? Allah is alone. And then some unknowing, egotistical imam scholar said, Allahu Ahad. And I don't know if you remember, there was a conflict in the best names of Allah as to whether it should be Wahid or Ahid. Muslim scholars were battling because they didn't have the esoteric information because they had become tunnel vision. Which I'll explain in a minute why and how Muslims become tunnel vision. To the point where they could no longer listen to the voice of Allah to give them the answer. They only had to listen to the voice of scholars and Sahaba, and Sheikh, and Mulana, and Imam, and Muftis, and opinionated mortals. So we would say, hydrogen is one this way, and ether is one this way. Ether one is the first part of non-particles, or non-particles. <laughs> non-particles, going that way existence that doesn't sum up to solid, liquid, and gas. But the number they want it to sum up to is three. Now, when you get solid, liquid, and gas, and you get down to hydrogen, is it solid, liquid, and gas, or is it gas, liquid, and... See, they teach you solid, liquid, and gas, because you're coming from 99 degrees of matter that each have an atomic number that all sum up to something. Coming down this way. And when you get down to the last three degrees of it, it becomes coming from this way, solid, liquid, gas, and then it goes into oxidase, exoplasma, moving out of the shape of the degrees of something. When they say solid, liquid, and gas, how do you relate to that? Solid is the mass, the body. Liquid is the blood, the plasma, right? The plasma. And gas is the ether, the soul. You follow that? Those are the stages going in. And at what point do you meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or El Elo or Anu or whatever name makes you feel comfortable? Do you meet him in the solid 
Do you meet him in the liquid or do you meet him in the gas? You meet him in gas because you meet him as you scale up the plane from the material plane to the plane of force, water, energy, water creates current. And after the solid, which is the mass, the body, the liquid, which is the, the water, the blood, then you have the, the gas. So you have the physical plane, the plane of force, and what's next? Plane of force and after that. The spiritual plane. And this is where people say you meet the most high with the now if you take those three planes and overlay them in the degrees of existence, which are Nessus, Malachus, and Lahus, then you get Nessus, the plane of men, mortal, solid. Then you get Malachus, angelic, the plane of force, energy, angelic being. And then you get Lazarus, the spiritual plane. And it keeps saying, what is the spiritual plane? The etheric plane. Now, you were there, which is here, when the word was said exists. I don't know if you ever heard that before. But you may get a better understanding of it now. You were in that this physical state, you were there, which is when the word was spoken to be. You follow? So then, again, from hydrogen down, from that point on, Allah exists. You follow that? He just exists in that whole state. Both this wing and that wing, be it the physical element or the ethnic element, are all within the all. So it is plainly and simply said in the Quran that Allah is in the heaven. And I would present the question. If Allah is the all, how can he be in the Samaritan? Jesus said it, our Father, our Father who art in the heavens, the Quran says it, Allah is the Samaritan, the Samaritan. Allah is the light of the heavens and the earth, the call of following the Lord, everybody. Why are they saying that? Because they recognize that Allah is in the earth. And you can't get to the all. See how Christmas did it? But by way of, and we can't get to Allah, but by way of the And we couldn't get to the angels, but by way of the prophet. And we couldn't get to the prophet, but by way of our own awareness. We had to become conscious that we needed the spiritual guidance and that these would be stepping stones back to the bosom of Allah. Why would I want to get into the bosom of Allah? 
Because when I'm embraced in the love of Allah, is divine love, then I'm in the path of the Lord. This is taking a step and turn back. So now, when they start asking about beings that vibrate on different degrees of ether, when you say from one, meaning from hydrogen into quartz, and quartz is quartz are going to extend until they understand bite. Right? And they might not get the full understanding of bias for another hundred years. How long it took them to find out about Adam and then find out that there's a force. And you're talking about it now the way Galileo talked about it a hundred years before his time. Things he mentioned that they disagree with now they have to accept once they put his mentor to death. You know what I'm saying? You come again to present scientific fact that is inevitably going to confirm itself insofar as courts have been confirmed. So when you say that nothingness does exist, no one can deny you that fact. That as long as the scientific community only acknowledges the presence of hydrogen, and they were all in agreement, you look like the nuts. There's nothing wrong with looking like nuts. Nuts was the mother of rock. <laughs> Tricky words. And rock was the sun. Which they all worship. There's nothing wrong with it. Father, you introduce things to the world that once you're gone, people say, that's what they stood for. As long as somewhere along the line they have the difference. So now each being or each density level, and when they say density level, density level is speaking about a process to densify is to go towards hardness. Are you with me? This is what you gotta understand when you speak about the vortex. And the, the, the screen of vortexes that are above us, and they speak about it in density levels, you would only identify this density from where you are, from how dense you are now. From what I am in matter, meaning if I look at the element star, and I look at iron, which is 26 atomic numbers. Right? And it has more denseness than does carbon, which is six. Women? So, iron identifies carbon. Iron is on a more dense level than carbon. You follow? Man has to define in that etheric state versus that physical state because it's simple to find out what density level you're on in the physical state by the elements that are in your body and what is the most dense of them? Iron. What was? When you came here, it was gold and platinum. 
when the primary element of your physical composition as you personified was platinum, you produced a topaz complexion. All this is described in the Bible when they talk about the elders and how they look and they give stone complexion to Jesus' complexion. They give topaz and they give green like an emerald from Melchizedek. Saying these people say, now when you go back to the pictures of ancient Egypt and look on the wall, you see people green. And then you see people bluish color. See, when gold oxidizes, it'll give off a greenish shade before it turns to a darker color, like copper. Right? And platinum will give off a blue hue, or a blue hue. So as you materialize, depending on which way you came, whether you came from an environment that was dependent on gold as the base element for strength, or platinum as the base element for strength, or earth, which has more iron ore than anything else. This planet now is based on iron ore. So you breathe in more oxygen, which is really a poison to you. And it triggers iron, and what does it do? Rust, when mixed with the water. Thus, you're no longer green. You're brown. Some babies who are born with breathing problems have green spots all over them. Like the doctor, look at these green spots. Oh, they'll go away in time. He said, I didn't ask you where they were going. I asked you how they got there. And they basically said, tell you, no, I said, they'll, they'll be gone. That's because that child, while in the womb, the mother went again to breathe inside with gills, was not taking in that poison air. You follow? When it came into the world and started to bleed, it turned bluish color. And then you see green spots. That's the color we were before we became more strength. You see? Now you'll find that the people with the strongest root of divinity left in their body, Elo. When, if I, as a deity, in my own realm of existence, breathing my kind of environment and surrounded by my sun and eating the things from the soil from which I am shaped from, in other words, in that perfected state, if I was struck by an axe and my hand was cut off, I had the power to regrow my hand. Understand that? Now down here, where I'm cut off from all of that, and that's you too. When you get scarred, the attempt to regrow a limb results in what's called keloid. They'll say it's because you have a lot of plasma, uh, hemoglobin structure where your cells meet. They got a bunch of scientific terms, and the word science was me speaking, you still haven't figured it out. 
do the things that we love. Baldy, baldy, was never something we feared because we never had this. When you see the ancient Hemi, the word is Hemi, from which they would Kemi, or El Ham, right, for the land of the black, which comes from Ham, now confirmed in the latest edition of the Quran as released by Saudi Arabia this year in their new translation, they got Adam of Black mud when they were arguing with us about it for the last 25 years, Riyadh just released a new translation that has Adam of Black and, and, and that's in the 15th chapter of the 28th verse and then in the 20th chapter of the 102nd verse they've added the blue eyes and says book of blue eyes. Stuff they didn't you know, agree with, but it's cool. It's all right with us, because we know we write it back. Yuval, but now they introduced this word, chemist. And all the Egyptologists said, we're from chemist. It's like K-E-M-E-T. And because they're lacking the gift of tongue that you have, they can't teach chemist, teach el and pan. Or they say, chemera. Some people are naming their children, chemera. They don't even know what they're naming their children. Tamara is Tamara. Tamara, ancient Egyptian name meaning the blackened son. Tamara. Very common black name, isn't it? Tamara. Yo, Sister Tamara, come here. You don't know that Tamara. Look at that rock throughout that name. It was the gift of seeing interdimensionally. Like the sun does. The sun sees interdimensionally because it is thought not to be seen at night when set, S-E-T. You follow? When set is supposed to be ruling. And it was believed that the sun, Ra, went into the sea because it looked to the onlooker that the sun was going down behind the sea so it's light Walk the water that way also. Not just as Christians have Jesus walks the water toward them, but if you're watching it in the evening, you can watch the sun's light go back across the water and then behind. In the ancient Kemet, we thought that Ra went into the sea and that he only got out because a scarab was linked there and lift him up and move him through the sky. And thus the scarabee came safely to both. All these are part of our symbolism in our culture. And from that, to get to the point, Kemet came alchemy. The word alchemy. We dealt with the science of alchemy when we some people say we were left in Egypt. They don't know what they're talking about. When they refer to us as Mitzrayim, they're talking about the seed of Ham coming over. Some of them mixed in with Canaanites and became known as the Philistines. And resided in an area called Dara 
where Akubalan is, passing on into the Sinai, and became known as the Kikpos, Egyptian Philistine, who became light skinned, waiting here, who eventually conquered the lower Egypt, which was the upper Egypt. They conquered the ruling domain of Amun, but not of Ra. The Amun was of the, the lower, which is the upper. <laughs> you know, and they, they played the flip-flop. <laughs> and when them two gods, as a deity came together, became known as Amun Ra. And that was the unification of the sciences from above and beneath. These beings dealing with chemistry are the ones that labeled us inferior. And they said from the inferior, there were degrees from that 100% inferior to that 90%, 80%, 70%, and we're boasting with nine. Not realizing what nine ether really means. We're talking about when our year started to turn back in. That's nine ether. When we were at a hundred percent Ethereum, we didn't have air or what? Or density body. This is a lower state we're bragging about. This is a lower state. So by the time you get down to the third piece of being, this is a being that has dropped from nine. Follow what I'm saying? It's called a healing level. When we were way up here with 19, and now we're down in six. Why are we in six? Because a lot of our children are now being born. Without nine A gaseous state. A gaseous state is a spiritual state. That is the state after liquid. Thus, the era of water, as I said, has passed away. And the era of air or ether is in. The religion that based everything on water, like different people in water called it baptism and Wudu and Russell and all these types of things, everything was water, are leaving. And the era of ether comes in. How important is that? It's important because prayer. Prayer. How many people want to pray? If a person was asked, why do they want to pray? They wouldn't say anything from, I think I need it. Did it help me spiritually? To what? Help me get in tune with myself? Uh huh? Because I want something. <laughs> Reverence to, to the Most High. Okay. Getting to the highest, good. Any other? Trying to connect back to Ethan's parents, that? Any other? Submission. Good. You finished? Okay. 
Prayer is the art of talking and not listening. Meditation is the art of listening and not talking. You will find that people that pray the most are going to be the hardest to reach for the truth. See, because they gather in decorated rooms without a book of crosses or stars or David or whatever. And once they get assembled in ranks and files or, or seats or whatever, they do not shut up and listen for the inner voice to give them a message. No prophet has ever said, I received a revelation while I was praying. They said, I received a revelation while I was meditating. Muhammad went up into the mountain, away from everybody, and fasted. And then he prayed. And then he sat and waited. And listened. So as I said, when a person is indulging in prayer, they're talking. Every single problem of prayer, they start off with a But they're talking. They're not listening. And in the midst of this ritual, they have a scholastic system of prostration, piyama, and back and and then when they stop, they sit in the wilderness. That's the year the lady was pointing the finger this way, and they look at us, look at this greeting thing. They're greeting angels that ain't there. Now the brother sitting there trying his best to be an angel. They're not right now with him, but they're going to look They ain't in the Quran nowhere either, by the way. But they have all this talking, and they get up and they go along with them each other, and they go home. And they wait for the next of the five prayers to do the exact same ritual. Not once are they told, sit down, shut up, and listen to that voice inside of the message. And listen to what it's saying. You know why people don't want to do that? Because the voice inside will tell you the truth about yourself. You can't lie to yourself. You might not want to hear what that voice has to say about you. So those kind of prayers are convenient. The Catholic Church the same way, the father's up there, whatever he's called, the Monsignor, he got all the literary clothes on, he's carrying on, he's in Latin, he's running on, everybody's thinking. He's helping him, he's raising his mom, everybody's doing all this stuff, and nobody's... They want to keep you praying. Now, well, why did we pray? for so many years, because you are listening to any and everything. You had to stop listening in order to hear the truth. You had to discipline yourself, gather the room. There's nothing wrong with a jump start, or early morning prayer, a jump start of some physical and oration of gratitude and thanks for, the, for getting up that morning. But by the time you get to the afternoon or the evening, 
Give up. It's time to sit down and assimilate that day of events and what part it plays in this short journey through life that you're on. And then before you go to rest at night, then it's all right again to say, thank you for getting me through this day. And, and may I rest company through this night and thank you to my family and everybody else and then go on to a state of rest or deep rest called sleep until the next morning. Good. But to keep a person praying constantly is to keep a person not thinking. And that's why it's harder to play the Muslim than anybody else. Because from the time you start, prayer, it's because I hear someone calling me. Call the other. Then I gotta run into a room and do a ritual of wudu, washing and a dua. I'm saying something as I'm washing. Then I go into the masjid and I sit down and I start my nia. I'm saying. And if I get any time to rest, they say, pick up the Quran and read it. Don't sit there and think. If you get a little gray area, grab your Quran while you're waiting for prayer. Say, your mom comes late. What's that, what they tell us to do? Grab the Quran, sit there and start reading. So we can figure out what we're doing. He's going to read. But you know, you're still not sitting there just simply thinking. In fact, in Islam, if you finish Salah, and a brother or sister stays in the mosque in prostration, you would say, is that person crazy? Why is that person still kneeling down the mosque? If someone stayed after prayer was laying on the floor so they wanted to be in tune with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we would assume something was wrong with that person. We wake up, you, you fall asleep, brother or sister? Are you okay? They say, yeah, I just want to sit there for a while. What's wrong? I just want to tune myself in my mind. You can't do that here, brother. That's taking place in the Muslim world right now. If you go to a religious environment and you don't do what they want you to do, step by step, ritual by ritual, they consider you a threat and they're ready to bodily remove you. You go to the church of God called churches and they're locked on Saturday. You go to the synagogue with the Jews and they're locked on Sunday. Most monsters are locked every day but Friday. They're not serving that person. They don't want you to start the inner journey. To link up with the God within yourself. You follow that? Because that will start you towards the bosom of Allah. And when you get in the bosom of Allah, You'll see what the Christians were talking about when they said Jesus is God. You have to get to the highest point of physical, from the lowest point of physical, to master physical. And you yourself or myself as physical are at the lowest point. I'm as physical as I can be. And that has nothing to do with your actions and your deeds and how much talk you eat or that's not I me. Mean. I mean your very state of existence as a dense body is as physical as you can be. You can't get any harder 
Now, of course, if you take a martial arts course and take a bag of hot sand and continue to bang your fist inside it until you get calluses and say, click, 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 click on your knuckles, you can assume you got harder. You didn't get harder. You got nearer to getting skin cancer. It may be cute. You may feel cool. With calluses on your hands and calluses on your feet, and you can go bang rocks. It's very easy to break a brick, but bricks don't fight back. A whole bunch of wood and some guy jumped up and goes, hi, uh, boom, and breaks, and everybody goes, clack, 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 clack. Let them hi, uh, boom, something hard as a brick like a rhinoceros. See how you handle that. You are as dense as you can become as a bee. Your journey is definitely the other way. You must first study the degrees of density, which is introduced to you by religion. Because religion separates you from the spiritual realm by declaring you other than God. And declaring God or Allah or whatever name that oh, Spiritual, thus confirming that you must be physical. And that your journey from this physical state is to the spiritual realm. See how you So you stay caught up in religion. Separating yourself from God. Praying to God. And when a man like this says, the great Honorable Elijah Muhammad comes along and says, give them back their spookism. He insults your intelligence. You actually get offended. When the person says, brother, you are God. I ain't no God. He said, you are God. Now, even in the nation of Islam, they didn't listen to the lessons close enough to catch what he was saying. They said, man, he is God. Talking about Farad or Farad or whatever name they chose. That's him right there. Not what the lesson said. Lesson said, who is the original man? The Asiatic black man, maker on the criminal planet Earth. They also added father of civilization. God of the universe. And that was not an Asiatic black man because, check it now, that couldn't have been Farad. Because Farad was not an Asiatic black man. He was a half original. Like Moses, as they put it. Not original man. Now his father was an original man according to their teaching. And his mother was a Caucasian, according to their teaching. That doesn't make him a Saudi Arabian. That makes him a Malala. To be a Saudi Arabian, you have to have a Saudi Arabian mother and a Saudi Arabian father. The word Malala was a compliment. The word Malala comes from Moled. It's an Arabic word. One who is of the sun. One who's of an original birth. 
That's where it comes from. Look it up. You know me. Don't believe me? Check it. So now, if that lesson says that, uh, that Allah, the original man, the Asiatic black man, maker, owner, creator of the planet, father of civilization, last and most, and most important, but God, then he was trying to teach them that all of you are God. That's not that far. That's in the song and in the book of the song. You did not hear me, although I said you were God. That brother there thinks he's a prophet. Me. He thinks he's the Messiah. I'm not a prophet. I'm not the Messiah. Though I do prophesy, I don't want the pattern. It's limited. If I'm, though I am a Messiah, because I anoint people, and I was anointed, I don't want to be the Messiah. It's limited. I'm God. And so are you. If you take a drop of water out of the ocean and put into that drop of water micro-living beings, that drop becomes an ocean. You with me? It's only a drop when it's in the presence of the ocean. When it's all to itself, it in itself is an ocean. And if I am in the image and after the likeness of God, and that God that they speak about in Genesis is an Elohim, consisting of both good and bad qualities, cherubim and cherubim, or toad and rock, however they want to put it, if I am a God, and they said, oh, look now, the man has become like one of us to know. So if I am like that God, and that God has good and evil, that explains why I do so much evil. So much shadiness and shiftiness. And don't act like you don't. That also explains why you want to do good and do good by the Right? Because it's there only. And that makes us that drop of water from that great ocean to all. And I don't care how far you take water away from the ocean, it's always trying to get back. You put water in your hand, It'll seep through your fingers, through the cracks of your hands, and if not, it will evacuate into the atmosphere. If you put it into a, a, a contained environment where it can't seep through, you let that water sit there, and it may take months, but that water will evacuate. Go up there and come back down and find its way back to that ocean. If they mix coffee in it, and sugar in it, and milk in it. When it gets into your body, your body's gonna split the water. Take the coffee and the sugar, if I had the milk, and then take the water out of the milk, if I had, and maintain three fourths of that body as 
water. So if the body maintains its liquid state, it then already passed the solid state. It's already on its way back to the ocean. See, Christianity is a physical state. That's why we call the first degree crisis. It's all based on the death of a man and the resurrection of a man for you to receive perfection you must pass through this physical thing. That's Moses is the law. It's not the physical. It's the gas. It's law. It's ritual. It's practice. But it's not death. Nowhere in Judaism they say you should die to go to heaven for your sins. It says kill something else. Sacrifice a lamb, a goat, a dove, a turtle dove, an oxen, but don't sacrifice human beings. They got it backwards. It should be Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Not Judaism, Christianity, they got it backwards. That's the gas. When you get to Islam, it's all supposed to be spiritual. Happened is the leftover Christians and the leftover Jews conquered Islam. That's why Islam is called Islam, a state of peace. But the mortals, the seraphims, want to define it as submission. Because submission is bodily and Spiritual or gaseous liquid participation. I submit and say wholeheartedly, body and soul, all remnants and due to Allah, no equal has he. All is physical. They remove that the highest point of Islam was the Mutasawa, the Sufi. That all Muslims, the Quran keeps saying, Zikr Allah, Zikr Allah. Zikr Allah. Remember Allah. Remembering is not talking. So they took remembering to say, Oh, you want me to remember Allah? Listen to this. This is Islam. Zikr. Remember Allah. So they sit down and go, Allah, 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 Allah. It's not remembering. When I say to you to remember your childhood, you immediately Start on an inner journey back to your childhood. You go inside yourself back in time to find a point in your childhood that you prefer. Because I didn't specify, remember your first beating, or your first doll, or your first bite, or your first fall, or your first boyfriend, or your first school date. I just said, remember your childhood which is such a massive amount of time that you have to decide where in that childhood. Mm -hmm. So when someone says, remember Allah, they're saying go inside back. 
like your childhood and find some point in there where you can remember something Allah has done. You might go back and say, I remember the day my little brother was born. And I was standing there. And when he came out, it was just fantastic to see light emerge from the room. Allah you know, that might be the way you remember Allah. You might be, I was there when my grandmother died. I was there when she took her last breath. And she looked like she looked over at me. And she sighed and she smiled. And I heard her take that breath. Allah. I remember when I first went to church. And I was sitting there and the rebel was just preaching. And my grandma was on this side, my grandfather was on this side, and my friend was over there, my uncle was over there, the church, you know, family church. It was so beautiful. I just got this feeling inside. I felt so warm and loved and accepted. I remembered Allah, just that's different Allah. I could do that with Judaism, Buddhism, whatever. It doesn't have a denomination. Because it's taking you back on the journey to where you relinked up with the divine. He made connections with your parents. We will continue with the man of the hour, Dr. Malachi D. York, the reformer for this day and time, right after these messages. Hey, man. Hey, hey, bro. Hey, bro, man. Hey, man. I see you think I got that book in your hand, man, written by Dr. York, man. Where you get that book from, cuz? Shout man, I've been on live, I've been on eBay, I've been on Amazon, I've been on some of them goddamn bootleg ass Dr. York sites and shit, man. These motherfuckers charging goddamn damn them rent money and a goddamn down payment on a house and shit for some of them Dr. York books, man. It's hard as hell to find a goddamn one. Then I went fucked around and went on goddamn Amazon. They were selling all the tablets and shit. Well, goddamn, it was a goddamn notebook. It was a goddamn, goddamn holy tablet in the goddamn binder, man. These motherfuckers charge like six, seven, eight hundred dollars for these Dr. York books, man. Hey, man, what can I goddamn get me one of them Dr. York books reasonable, man? You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about like at least goddamn some of his shit, man. These motherfuckers, man, these motherfuckers really motherfucking charging out the ass, y'all. I need a legit place. Where the fuck can I get me some Dr. York books at, man? That I won't motherfucking goddamn go broke over. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Does this sound like you? Well, of course it does. Or, matter of fact, it did. Until you found out about All Eyes on Egypt in Monticello, Georgia. That's right. All Eyes on Egypt in Monticello, Georgia. You don't ever have to worry about where is your money. Who can you speak to? All these bogus, fake, bootleg sites that are perpetrating and pretending that they're selling Dr. Malachi's New York book. And even if they did... They're not selling it at an affordable price. Don't go to no one else. No one. No robots, no websites, no none of that. Get all your Dr. Malachi's New York books right here at All Eyes on Egypt. And we're running a sale on Man from Planet Rich is at $19. The L's Holy Tablets is at $70. Also, let's not forget the Sacred Wisdom of Tahuti. That's in right now. Get it now while you can at $25. So much more. The Right Knowledge Series, the Christ Series, the Mohammedism, the Mosesism, the Christism. We got everything. The Luciferian Conspiracy. Everything's written by Dr. Malachi New York at a legitimate, affordable price in a legitimate store authorized by Dr. Malachi D. York himself. Don't waste your time 
Don't waste your money and enjoy the rest of your life knowing that All Eyes on Egypt in Monticello, Georgia is dependable, trustworthy, and authorized by Dr. Malachi Z. York. Why wait? Pick up the phone today. Call 706-468-2319 and speak to a live person. Only at All Eyes on Egypt, Monticello, Georgia. That's all eyes, E-G-I-P-T-G-A dot com. Call us today. Now, welcome back to the man of the hour. With all the things happening today, why is it that Nubians aren't responding and not realizing that the end of the world is near? With all the doctrine that's coming out and all the different things that you're doing little by little, you know, you have an effect on the people in a big way. And and you just got to be ready for it. Unfortunately, a lot of Nubians are not into computers like we are, and um, so they don't even know about the hell box. You don't even know, you don't know about the hell box, right? Comet. Right? A lot of you don't know about the hell box comet yet. That's why I got, what I did is I got a copy of the tape so they can hear the Amorites tell them about a craft like, like, like entity that ha- seems like it's alive, yet not alive, that's four times the size of Earth that they just discovered. And NASA is confirming that it's there next to a meteorite that came into existence two years ago called Hellbox. And it's on the tape and they're called Hellbox. And they're actually talking about this this new craft thing. And they tell you it's coming towards Earth. And it's intelligently controlled and it's coming to get a group of people. And they say on the tape that these group of people that they're coming to get are people that are involved in it in an advanced study and 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 no they literally say it on the tape they say they're out to teach people did anybody hear it yet oh you're right you're right you pick it up right drop it in the car on the way back home and listen to it in the end of it the guy says uh, in the beginning of it in fact he says um uh i'd like to thank um dr so and so something melatide that's not me now, right? If somebody uses the name Malachi, most of them don't pronounce the name Malachi, they pronounce the name Malachi. Right? So it's a slip of tongue. When they say Malachi, that means they, they're letting us know where it's all but they cannot deny. And we have the, we went into the computer and um, internet and it showed us the comet. They had pictures of the comet in there and um, it's good to know it's there. They notice, they notice the, the bill, and they literally say on the tape, uh, Zachariah Sitchin refers to this as Nibiru. Next um, came into us was, um, I tried to fax it to as many people as I can. I don't know if you got the skull. Right? Y'all get the skull? The skull of a dinacle. It was twice the chromium, twice the size. And right after that, about two days later, they sent us the skull of a Pyro, the cone. Because everybody, when we said the cone is the real, people thought we were chopping on Saturday Night Live. Of course, they don't know that everything the Amorite does, he, he puts the intelligence in front of you so he won't believe it. But they got actual skulls. And we're getting more information coming constantly because now that people know through the internet that we're the source of this information, they feel free sending us stuff. Amorites, everybody, I got clippings. I got like 10 stories on how Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene 
If you somebody had y'all read that one? Had children. I was kids. It moved, you know, was protected by the, you know, whom, etc. All these stories are coming out. They had a whole thing on television the other night on um, Discovery or one of them, where they talk about, you know, the, you know, the um, graves of, of skulls, the graves of skulls under Old Jerusalem. Well, they have a place called the Grave of Skulls under Old Jerusalem, for those who don't know, where they have all the skeletons of all the uh, popes and all of that. And this, that's that place where they say that um, Freemasons go when you reach a certain degree. Believe me, I know. And they go to Jerusalem and they go beneath Old Jerusalem and they see the body of Jesus. And uh, they've taken the body of Muhammad out of the 18th century out of Medina. That's when they rebuilt Medina. The mosque in the north. And they, when they did that there, what actually happened is the shrine that took the body of Muhammad out of that, which they had preserved, and his body is also in the, under there, and, and only uh, people of a certain degree of Freemasonry are allowed to see it. It's a confirmation. Actually, they're not looking at Jesus' body, they're looking at Bar Jesus' body. Because in there, also, in a the, in the higher degree, they tell you that Jesus went to Egypt and he died there at 120. But Jesus' son, why he was the one that was killed in the streets of Jerusalem, body transferred to the Vatican in Rome, where they simulated the crucifixion of him there, kept his body there for a certain amount of years, and then the Knights of Templar went there and got it and bought it and put it in there. So they have a special chamber where they keep things sacred. They also, I don't know if some of y'all remember years ago, I said, under the sink, there's some documents here that I told you about there. They're trying to get up under the Sphinx to get to the documents. They found out the Sphinx is the symbol, was a symbol of, in the, in the astrological chart of the ancient Egyptians, you know, as the, uh, the era of Leo, the lion. That's what it's supposed to symbolize and has something to do with the Mars project and the, what they refer to as the Adama project. This is that one Adam. Right? And so they are unmasking because we should never say they discovered anything. They don't discover. They uncover. They uncover things that we bury. Right? So a new word. Just a new one for you. Right? <laughs> they don't discover anything. But anyway, they're starting to uncover a lot of the things that's going to confirm everything that you have put trust in me in is going to become confirmed for you in front of your own eyes. And not that you need it. I know some of y'all who follow me here every day. And I appreciate that. Right? But I'm just saying it is good for those who come to your class with the skeptic. And I didn't say skeptic. I said skeptic. They come skipping around <laughs> looking for some type of evidence to what appears to be a science fiction movie when you start kicking the doctrine on them. I know deep in your heart, as much as you may have loved me and I you, when you had to go out and teach what I was teaching you, it was difficult. You say, oh, God, really from another planet. And you had 19 spirits talking to him. And... And, you know, never mind, we'll pick this up later. <laughs> let's, talk about, let's talk about something that appears more sensible. But 
the confirmation of who and what I am is confirming itself. And that's the best I can ask for from my brother beyond the stars that they give me just a little help. Because to come here, you know, to incarnate into this individual body and try to convey this message to people that have been so televisioned, so sublimely sedated. I mean, that they removed the essence of the nine from you and implanted the six, the lower side of the circle. It's such a hard job just to get you to not listen to the wrong music. You think you're saying something cool when you say, I like um, such and such a music. You don't understand nothing about music. Y'all are familiar with the 800 megahertz frequencies that are coming through the air now. You're familiar with that. You do? You do? No, you're not. Okay, well, I thought I talked about it. But you know that each one of the human beings have in their brain, they're called magnetic particles. That's the best term that they can come up with them. One day, of course, I'll give you the real name, but let's let them play with it for a while. Magnetic particles. You have nine magnetic particles in your brain. All right? These magnetic particles can be affected by wavelengths, by frequencies, higher and lower. Now, the cellular phones are all set at 800 megahertz. And that brain of yours was 900 megahertz. You follow that? And it dropped down. When Honorable Agamemnon was speaking about the brain capacity of an Amorite being less than that of a Nubian, they were talking about that frequency response your ability to respond to sound, all right? Of course, as you know, microwave also is moving on a sound. I, I can explain that a couple of years ago, how microwave cooks food by sound, which means that they're able to cue in and deaden some of those magnetic particles. A lot of Nubians, instead of walking around in nine ether, and that nine ether is beyond the hair, come out in the nine ether state of activated nine magnetic particles, they have dropped down to four, three, two, and when you see a brother who's totally delirious, unable to coagulate words, he is about down to one, and some just go vegetate out. And what they have to do is they give you all types of drugs so that it drops your body down to what's referred to as an alpha wavelength, which is one step from dead. And that way you stay what they refer to as monotone. Monotheosis. Monotone. Mono. They keep you dead. Right? And so they are now capable of sending these frequencies out they are putting these stations along the road. I know as y'all cross the country, if you look up, you see this thing on a tall pole, and it's shaped like a tetrahedron, and it has little things on all three sides. Just look for them, and you'll see them. Well, right now the government has 24 different satellites aligned to the planet, around the planet. All right? And he has 24,000 
of the receivers and senders situated across the country. He is able to tune in to your radio via frequencies. It's called frequency response. This unit that I picked up, that I, that I bought here, and clicked on is a unit that's making it possible for everybody on Kadesh to turn to a certain station on the radio and they can hear me talking without any wire. Which means I'm sending controlled frequencies through the air. You follow that? Once I understand, once I understand the human and that his brain waves are between 900 and 700, you follow? Seven and a half ounce of brain, you know that? 900 and 700 on megahertz, I can send out certain types of frequencies. I can also lock these frequencies into music because when they started doing it, they did it in a place called uh, Wacken Hut Naval Base. Do some investigation to find out that's where they started at. And the reason why they refer to it as the Harp Project, if you heard of that, out of Alaska, is because a harp, of course, is an instrument. And they know that by strumming a harp, you can get different response. Years ago, a lot of people used to come to me and ask me, how do they line their body up? And I would tell them, what they had to do is go to a keyboard and um, take middle C and find the two eighths of octave. Find the octave between middle C from one to the next. Of course, you know it's eight notes. And I said, you go up and down the keyboard until you find that note that soothes your body. And then you'll know what key you're vibrating on. You know what vibration works with your body. The uh, Buddha or the Tibetans, they know about this. And so they have learned how to make their throat make three sounds simultaneously. And they chant like that. Constantly. And they got this going on right now while we're sitting here. Meanwhile, the practitioners of the faith start off. And they're on another frequency while the priests are pulling. The sound is a strange thing. If Deke is making a certain sound and I do another sound, a half step up or a whole step up and I do a, or let's say he does a one and I do a three and he does a five, we create what's called harmony. You follow that? As you know, none of the groups are singing in harmony no more. They have this new kind of harmony called unitary in harmony. They think they're singing in harmony because two or three of them are singing the same note and it's partially unison, unison in part, 
harmony and none of the kids have it no more because they had to stop that because that vibrates three bones up here in the sinus that connect to the tetrahedron that the nose creates which opens the eye of Ophir, the third eye. They know what frequencies we move on. They know our emotional state. They click them on and off at different times. For instance, Sunday morning, they have it on a very low frequency and people feel it's Sunday. Even when they're not Christian. They have it where, well, it's Sunday, it's kind of calm. When it comes to about 8 o'clock Sunday, they start to speed up the, 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 the oscillation, right? And I'm going to get the oscillators in a minute. Speed up the oscillation valve inside the frequency. You get the response, and it gets higher pitch, and people become more hyper. Sunday people start speeding faster because they're trying to get them prepared for Monday. What has happened is they know that our body moves on a different frequency, respond differently than theirs does. Obviously, because most Caucasian singers sing in high natural voices. Most Nubian singers sing in low voices. Or they were forced to emulate the Amorites and you were referred to as a falsetto or a placement, but not a natural high voice. Very few Nubian singers have a natural high voice, unless they go out their way to, like Field or a couple of other who want to be Amorites, go out their way to sound like Amorites. They're already programmed. They've already got inside his head when he had that accident. And altered his frequency. They can also alter your frequency response. Let me tell you what I mean by that so you get a better understanding. Um, years ago, I tried to teach this, but people wasn't as ready then as they are now. It's simple. It's not uncomplicated. It's the period of time that music took its name. From the time you came in from Africa, when everything was based on drums and chants, right? And you had a kalimba, you follow that? And you had a marimba. And then as it moves into the Latino world and you had the conga and et cetera, et cetera, you know the, the instruments I'm talking about that apply to us as a people. All right. Now, eventually, our music went into blues. Of course, blues was a result of the fact that the Amorite gave us the blues. He took everything from us, beat us up, robbed us, raped us, castrated us, and we became quite depressed. As a result, our music, which is our emotion, became depressed. In due time, that blues changed into rock and roll for people who had cars, <laughs> and R&B for those who didn't. The reason why they called it rock and roll is because little Caucasian kids with combs in their back pocket and grease in their hair and bucks on used to drive around with their car radios on and rock while they rolled. Most Nubians couldn't afford a car, so ours was based on rhythm and blues. All of it was done standing one place dancing. And the blues was mixed in depression, now with rhythm, and we called it up 
tempo. Speed up the tempo a little bit. And there we got rhythm and blues. All right, I'm right, of course, want to do rhythm and blues the same way a lot of Negroes want to try to do heavy metal and rock. It won't work. Hootie and the Blowfish, it won't work long. He was just put out there to destroy the fact that they had no Caucasians that came up with any good hits this year, and they needed a Negro who's a Caucasian to take all the awards. That's all. All right, so as that happened, he started squeezing us, namely the men, to get us to start singing in high voices come commence around the 60s. And that produced Delphonics, Blue Magic, Stylistics, Black Ivory, Shy Light, Name some order. Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, Temptations had, but they had uh, Melbourne. <laughs> A lot of the hit records were based on um, Alim is his real name. Eddie Kendrick was his um, other name, right? And he was a falsetto. This was done intentionally to get us to love high-pitched sound. You follow? Because that's the only way we can get a hit record is to sing the way they want. And so Blue Magic and everybody, we all screaming our voices out trying to sound like white people with white men sing naturally in a high voice, you know, with the self-explanatory, right? But um, they managed to control our minds then while we were in these clubs you know, clubs are used for one thing, gathering people or hitting people in the head with, and when you went to a club, both things would happen to you. They were gathering you and clubbing you in the head, right? Okay, so we were gathering these clubs, and this before disco creeped in, and we started dancing. The best thing we could go back to was our Latin roots. You follow that? So we grabbed the Latin, and we started going to the Palladium, and dancing to the Allegro All-Stars and Tito uh, Puente, Pacheco, and we was in it. And he saw that the Latin population was becoming one with the Negro population. And that really frightened him, that we realized that we're the same family. So he tried to split us, but as a split occurred, instead of us going totally away, we started hustling. You know what hustle means, right? Moving fast, jumping around that clown. So we started hustling. And then what he did is he staged an invasion of America by a group called Devo. And they came in with a sound, Trans-Europe Express. Had no body language, the group stood there in plastic hats and black eyes and no motion, and just was saying over and over again, Trans-Europe Express, that's all he said. Trans, Europe, Express. And everybody was looking at them. What they were doing is they were introducing the Moog synthesizer. One of the first, first synthesizers to come in and take out analog sound to bring in digital, to take out acoustic sound and bring in the synthetic instrument. By acoustic sound, I mean, when you see a person pick up a guitar with natural strings, not even the metal strings even, the catgut strings, with a wood body, and they're playing that sound with no metal and no wires and no amplification, that's uh, acoustic. 
When you see a guy pick up a guitar that's all plastic and stick a wire and go, sometimes he's going to meet you. Uh, that's the first stages of digital, though a lot of times the original amplifiers were still analog. Analog means work by two Tesla's baby. All right? Digital forced out. All right, so they brought in this group called Devo, and they came in to remove the soul. We moved gradually out the hustle into what was called the bus stop. It was a form of destroying Amorites took the hustle because what happened is the gay population liked the hustle because it had a lot of body flair to it. It was very much like Vogue. Everything was spinning and throwing their hands up. So this was a, a way for a guy to get his sugar out of his shoes without the public. Right? He could consider himself a good hustler. You know, right? And then from that, he could move over and become a good disco dancer. So the guys that you knew, they were very good dancers in the discotheque were usually in, had a little sugar in their shoes. And they had it working, they had it working together. They knew what they were doing. All right? And then after they did that, they started slowly but surely introducing their music to our children. Now, how they do that? They remove all of the real instruments. 99% of the music that you hear on the radio or record or tape or CD today is synthetic. The, the violins are fake. The bass is fake. The drums are fake. It's all in drum machines. No more human element. Without the human element, there's really no emotion. And I don't care whether they tell you, you know, when I sample, I put my emotions in it. You put your emotions in the first three licks, and then when you push that continuation button and it goes on by itself, there's no more emotion regardless of what you say. You follow? This is all part of the plan for mind control. The harp project relates to the rainbow project because where there's sound, there's light. And when sound vibrates, different frequencies give off different colors of light. When you look up and see a rainbow, and you see the seven colors of the rainbow, if, you would, if they could tap a wire into the violet, you'd get a certain frequency that would give you a certain tone. They knew that. I'm saying that to say, they knew that they had to destroy the root of nine ether, not the hair. They had to get down beneath the hair. The hair grows out of the root, and that's connected to the protein in the body. That's the, the essence of you. They had to get down inside to destroy that before they could destroy the God in you and turn you from a man to a beast. What they have, in most cases, if you look at the media today, succeeded in doing. People have transformed into beasts. You are afraid when you walk through a mall. And you are the newbies. And you're afraid of your own people because that's how dangerous they appear to be to you. Don't tell me that every place you go, if you come across a bunch of newbies, you're never afraid. Even if you're afraid of what you might have to do to one of them niggas, it's still fair. Because you don't feel like having to hurt nobody, and you definitely don't want to get hurt. But 
they have done something. There's definitely a transformation that's taken place. So what happened is they eased into the recording studio and made something that was exclusively controlled by record companies a public fad. Get your own recording studio, your own drum machine, your own everything, put in your basement, and do your own mixing and sound to make your own record. They eliminated all of the acoustics, pianos. They even made what they referred to as an electric acoustic piano by Yamaha. And I said it as Yamaha and not Yamaha because the Arabs are also a part of it. And if you look at the Leviathan cover, you'll see I have Arabs on there too because they have been working with the devil way back, and I put in the Leviathan book where you see each one of the Saudi Arabian kings sitting with a different president. This has not been one sympathizer. This goes all the way back to the Sultan himself, who you can find in the first page of the cover of Noble Duali's book, and made reference to several times in the Nation of Islam teachings. They also, I might add, make the mistake for that new information of giving Muhammad two identities in the nation of Islam teaching. One Muhammad in the message to the black man is referred to as a black Arab. They say he was of the black Arab nation, right in the message to the black man. Another set of teachings say, says that Muhammad was a Caucasian and that the wise men came together and told him how he could not convert his people and he died as a result of a broken heart. That is two different Muhammad. One is Muhammad the conqueror of Palestine, which is clear in the lesson when it says that the devil helped us take Palestine. The Prophet Muhammad of 1400 years ago, the black Arab, had nothing to do with Palestine ever. He never had any dealings with Caucasians in his whole life. There's no place ever recorded of Rasulullah Muhammad, alayhi salatu wasalam, ever having anything to do with Caucasians. They mention him in the Quran under the term Rome, a surah named Rome. But that's it. They mention it in Surah Taha as on the, uh, I think it's 2102, on the day the trumpet is blown, we shall gather together the guilty blue-eyed. Now, of course, the Arabs, in their latest translation out of Saudi Arabia, which I have, the latest Quran has blue-eyed. Before it was Blair, Blairy. Zurkan means blue. Zurkan, Azurak, everybody knows means blue. But that's the fact. We don't care. The point is that to set that record straight, Honorable Elijah Muhammad was not making uh, a mistake in reference to Muhammad being white in one place and black in the next. No. Contrary. It was two different Muhammads. Muhammad the Conqueror was the one that's talking about in the one that's 14 in the class. That's not Rasulullah they're talking about, of taking devil's heads. Prophet Muhammad never killed an Amorite in his life. 
because he never came in contact with Amorites. However, Muhammad the Conqueror called the great prophet Muhammad by the Europeans. He did kill Amorites. And he was brokenhearted insofar as Salahuddin, defender of the faith, went into the courts of King Richard, revived him, lived with him when he was wounded. Remember, he almost struck down with a lance, brought him back to life and could not convert him. And wasn't able to convert the invading Christians who came to Jerusalem. The Muslims there could not convert those Christians because they did not realize they were dealing with the rose and the cross. A certain degree of Knights of Temple and Freemasonry who know more than Islam. And so he was brokenhearted for that. You got that part of the chapter? All right. So now, getting back to the situation at hand. So here in the world of North America, we were now in these clubs getting banged upside the head with this new music that had only a bottom and a top called disco. We broke away from it, and in came sympathetic instruments, and they rushed into the population, access to all types of machines, drum machines, keyboards, keyboards that play by themselves, pre-coded keyboards, just push the button and the music play, you know, everything to keep you on a synthetic wavelength. Why? To get back to the point, to try to damage the nine magnetic particles in the brain. You are King Kong in his story. Want the story? King Kong is a giant gorilla with supernatural strength. He was a god while he was in Africa. The reason why they call him King Kong is because Congo is Central Africa. And they're implying everybody in Africa, the Congo. The king is under the spell. In his homeland in Africa, he's worshipped by his own people. Every night, he would come to their town or their village, where he had, and he had a big fence built up against him. With me? And he would, they would have offerings of young virgins for him. And he would come to the town, and they would put the virgins up there, and that would appease him, and he would go about his business. And he lived like that. It was all right. Everybody was happy. Some Canaanites came along, stumbled into their village, and it came evening, and they had to start running and closing the gates, if you remember. Remember that? And they got scared. They said, what's going on? They said, we'll close the gates. Well, boom, 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 was coming. They was going to go, boom, boom, you know, stuff that they play. And in time, they heard these large boom. Steps. And they saw King Kong, the first thing that came to their mind is how to get King Kong back to America on stage so they can make the money out of it. So what they did is they lured him with a white woman. Because he was used to that. So the Africans said, if we give him her, he might not want to come back at all. See the brain washed? So King Kong 
kidnaps the white woman and runs off into the woods. Thus starts the episode of the Hammerites storm throughout Africa to get the king, the giant, and bring them to America. Eventually, they sedate King Kong while he is trying to have a sexual relationship with this white woman. And they inject him, sedate him, tie him down, put him on a ship, and bail him to the passage over to America. When he gets to America, they present him before the public, chained down, and all these Amorites, they're in a party having a good time. That's you. Chained down mentally while the Amorites have a good time. He'll let you in the party, but you're going to be the clown, nigga. So moving on, it was about the music that won the case. All right, let's get back to where we was at. So what they did is they removed those instruments that vibrate with our chemistry. And now every Negro got some synthetic instrument in his basement. He's pushing little Casios and Panasonics and all fake. All removing the essence. Back to the point. The Rainbow Project, which is sending out these wavelengths that is called mind control, started back there with who? Rainbow Project. Who's Rainbow? Phoenix Rainbow. Phoenix Rainbow. Now, Phoenix Rainbow. Just who's a part of what? Phoenix. Rainbow, Bellic. Remember, Time Machine, Philadelphia Experiment? Well, the Philadelphia Experiment was initially intended for the sole purpose of creating invisibility for radar, which they already had called the stuff. You understand? When they got into it, the mathematician who got involved in it found out that also they can interfere with the brain because of what they refer to as zero time reference. That if all five or six of y'all went through a time loop here, when you came back, Abdul Bike would be affected one way, you'd be affected another, she another, she another, and him another. They found that out. They realized that time has something to do with now. That time in the future has already happened, and time in the past is still happening. I think I told you all about that years ago. I said, if a person's adrenaline is a high point when they die, it will stamp in now. And they will reiterate that incident. And this is why people sometimes think they're driving along and they see a ghost run across the road. And they've calibrated that they come back to that same spot every year or sometimes every 10 years, depending on how we're aligned, that that same thing will happen over and over again. A lot of hauntings, as they call them, they make clear that this is a haunted house. What happened? 
a woman walks along that staircase every night at 12 o'clock on the dock. And so people come in and set up monitors, and lo and behold, it's a disembodied soul, an exoplasm, an ethereal, an essence that is trapped in now. They can't get out of now. Now keeps happening over and over. The event was so traumatizing that they can't get out of it. It's happening all the time. It's called lost souls, trapped souls, trapped in limbo. They got terms for days about it. It happens already in your mind if you don't think it's possible. And I'll tell you when it has happened. There are incidents in your life where, regardless of what you're doing, you'll flash back to a certain corner where events took place. If you had friends or something, you hung out on one spot, it could have been 20, 30 years ago, you can flash back to that. Or you can flash back to an incident in a concert where you was having a good time. Or you can flash back to falling off a bike or whatever. But you have these things that have, are called now already taking place in your mind and you are away from it sometimes 10, 15, and 20 years. Everybody here has had one of those events stand in their mind. And that event reoccurs periodically. But what keeps you from being trapped in the now of that event is that the body is dying forwardly. Because when you were born, you started dying. You hear me? And you were dying because your cells were dying. You must expire. That's why they call it expiring. Expiration. You must expire before you can become totally ethereal again. But the event that takes place while you are expiring, they stamp themselves in now. Like, go back to not the Savior's Day, but the last Savior's Day. And remember an event. And when you remember the event, you are reliving right now. So now is, now is the all. The all is not moving forward with you, and the all is not left in the past with you. Everything that takes place has a purpose or it won't. Light, for instance. Light was a necessity to exist within a certain period of time in the all. Light didn't begin with the all, because if light began with the all, then the all would be light. God, Allah, owned Theos, Hashem, Adonai, Yahweh, Elohim, all of them are events in the all appropriated for specific time zones. When 
they needed to be. That is why I said to you years ago, before you believed in the law, he didn't exist. Before you knew of a law, he didn't exist. Because all that really exists to you is you right now. And when you're talking to a Negro, and they're talking about what's going to happen, you tell them that's not important. What's important, what's important, what's moving on, is right now. And how much time I waste talking to you and what I benefit or lose while talking to you. Because whenever you come in contact with any two people, I mean, or any two people come in contact with each other, one is gaining and one is losing. If you give something to somebody, I don't care what they ask you, they're still just another human being, you've lost. If they give something to you, you've gained. How do you utilize now? If you come out here and you talk to me, I give you something that you take with you forever. It's like saying, see that puddle over there? Don't fall. So now when you leave me and as you encounter people in each event of now in your life, you come to find out things I say become important at the moment. Meaning, someone starts a conversation, and you say, that's interesting. Pop was just talking about that. Bam, you're right on. Because I need that now. <laughs> you know I mean? They want to alter our now. Because we have a new zero time reference. We are altering time. For all intents and purposes, it all should be over. But it has just begun. All of my beloved brothers who preceded me, all of them, the messenger, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the prophet, Noble Juali, the seer, Marcus Garvey, all of them were leading up to now, where we can start time from here. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I was on one of your teeth. They elaborate more on the. I think he said E1 plus E2 equals the light of the sun. He elaborated. Yes. Um, when you say E1, E2, and I know you like that subject because I watch your classes. <laughs> it's pretty good. I watch it. It's pretty good. Y'all guys are doing pretty good out there. Um, when you say E1 and E2 equals the sun, like basically all you're saying is hydrogen and helium. Right? H1 is really hydrogen. On the other side of it, there has to be an etheric light for the other sun, Utu, the etheric sun. You have the manifestation of a sun on this side, 
And then you have a manifestation of an ethnic soul on the other side, an energy life. Let me show you what happens with that. In the um, Islamic world, touching on a base, you have what's called the star and crescent. You follow that? And they say that it's a symbol of the universe. It's a light symbol. It's this and it's this and it's this. It's the illusion. It's the lie. It's the confusion symbol. The reason why I say that, I'm going back to the sun. That's where I'm going there. Is because when you see a crescent, you see that? And you put a star right here, or right here from your side, you see that in, in, the, in the crescent? I ask you, is that possible? Think before you answer, please. Don't be no, don't be no, don't, don't want to do me. You know what I mean? Want to know. Is it possible for the star to sit in a crescent? Why not? That's right. Because the crescent is a moon. And the whole moon is really there. You're just seeing a portion block. And stars are further away from us than the moon. So no star could get on this side of the moon without blocking it out. It's a symbol of deception. You follow? And identifies with the triple darkness on the other side of the ether. That there is a recognition of other suns. Now, on this side of the ether, you have H1 hydrogen. Right? Again, 554 million tons of hydrogen is changed into 550 million tons of helium each second on the sun. That means hydrogen combined to make helium, 2 He. And as helium burns, it gives off more hydrogen. Someone had to make that sun. Someone had to create that formula because it could never reach the helium without some outside force bringing them together to start this tumbling process. So just like that sun on this side gives light warmth on the physical plane, on the other side, ether one and ether two produces the light of the sun on the spiritual side. And the process is ether one changes into ether two, which gives off bad information that is then rejuvenated into good information and gives off pure light. Let me tell you what I mean by that. When the man comes along that can take bad information and make it good information, he is the son of righteousness. When the man comes along that can take the teachings of the nation of Islam, which has been corrupted information, and take that corrupted information and make it good information and healthy information for the people, that's the son of righteousness. When that man comes along that can take that Quran that has been tampered with and write the wrong in it, that's the son of righteousness. 
The same applies to the Torah. When a man comes along, he can take the teachings of the messenger or the prophet, Bible Jolly, and change those bad teachings into good teachings for you. That's the son of righteousness. But the man can take dead soil and the sun can come out and grow fresh vegetables in it. When I can come here and take this earth, you people, and rejuvenate life in you and grow in you, I'm inside you like a plant and I'm blossoming in your brain. I'm turning you into pure light without you even realizing it. When that person comes, that person is called the son of righteousness. But the sad part about it, he can only come at the end, right before the great and dreadful day. Presence represents the great and dreadful day. When the messenger of our Elijah Muhammad finished his mission, he had succeeded in turning the hearts of the fathers toward their sons. But the devil stepped in and disrupted. And that's why I was necessary. I was off in my cradle in Ansar. I was not involved in what they were doing. But when they corrupted what he was doing for them, then it was necessary for them to take and bring the Yahweh or the Lord into existence that I may, as the Son of Righteousness, turn all of this bad to good. You were falling off the cliff and you had to be caught. Meaning, you were fed up. You were being confused. You were being lied to. You were following along and you were seeing corruption in the mob. You were seeing corruption in the synagogue. You were seeing corruption in the church. They did not send a preacher. They did not send a religious man. I've been telling people for years, stop trying to judge me as a religious man so you can find faults in my character. I'm not a religious man. I am a teacher. Religious people don't work well with you. You need a teacher. Someone that will allow you to badger them just to give you the truth. Someone that will allow you to exercise all your egos at them just to give you the truth. You understand? So I incarnate here. So I can stand before you and in all that you have been given, in all that you have been taught, in all that you read, in all that you think you know, when you come before me, you have to humble yourself. Because so of how far the ladder you think you are, you know I can humble you. And it is better to have one man humble you and you rule all other men than to argue with me and be ruled by all other men. You follow me? It's better to stand before me as a father and let me chastise you and get you right and you look good in the eyes of everybody else than standing out there looking like a fool. Because when you see a brother on the street now in a bow tie, 
Paul? He be saying, he just don't know. He just don't know. When you see a follower of Yahweh being Yahweh, you say, he just don't know. They have no idea. The biggest conversation y'all have in your travel to the day is people have no idea this is going on. Damn, look at these people. They don't even know this world is coming down. They don't even know the professors are here. And they don't know independence, the movie Independence is, is them telling them something. You know it, though. And that is the blessing. Many are called. And I stood up in 1970 and I yelled and I called and I said, Many are called, but few are chosen. When they stick the ship in it, all of them left. Some of them are back in the street niggas. Some of them think, Oh, he's so slick. He's this, he's that. No, I'm the man that's consistent in fact. Regardless of what you see me as, because you want to judge me by religious eyes and say he's not a holy man, heard he does this, he sings music. I can do that. I can do all of that. I'm not your preacher. I ain't your imam. I told him in Brooklyn, don't call me imam. I'm not no imam. Okay, imam. I'm not a religious person. I am simply a teacher, a man coming to right the wrong, and my very presence, and what I stand for, and what I teach you, is doing the job. A job nobody can, none of y'all can do that. And all those fools that left here, and all those that were fools that left here, all they can talk about is the teaching, not the teaching. They can talk about me and how much they don't like me and how I didn't do this and how I didn't do that. But one thing I always did was my job. Regardless of what I neglected duty, a book was still coming out for the whole of our people. You follow what I'm saying? I have many people saying, you know, brother so-and-so misses you. I said, I don't remember him. Who is he? He ceased to exist in my world because I have a job to do that's bigger than you. They don't understand a person with a mission. They don't understand your insanity about their mission. They want you to be a person. And I always tell if I was a person, I wouldn't be the person I am. <laughs> and you probably wouldn't want to talk to me. It's the person I am that makes you want to talk to me. And in being that person, I don't have time for you unless you are in my world, unless you want to make this happen, unless you want to help make this happen. Other than that, I don't have no time for you. And I'll give you enough time for you to see that I'm not there. I'm not playing. Oh, he's just this. You don't know me. I have died for you people thousands of times. My life has been on the line for you people thousands of times. 
You understand? I'm the only one who would get up. Nobody else got up and talked about the world. And all you saw it. And put my dude in hand. The nation is all, I'm surprised they didn't kill him. You don't think I knew that? But guess what? My responsibility. Man, you translate your own Quran, man. I have to kill you. Guess what? I got a job to do. Because then that's what's important to me. And the moment your life is less important to you than the job, you're going to see that everything in the universe works for you. Long as you got yourself out front, you want to party and have a good time and laugh and joke all the time, remember, you're going to be a failure. And you start doing for others more than you do for yourself, and you're going to succeed. You stop putting yourself in front of everything. Put other people out. Give to other people. You follow what I'm saying? And you're going to find that that power of love, that's the thing that controls me. People don't think because they don't know me. I don't express my love by, by, by sitting on my lap and patting I, I express my love by making sure that you have a place to sit. You follow? The deal is I'm going to tell you the truth regardless of how bitter it is to others. I don't care how mad the Muslims get. Defend it. Defend it with truth, not with a weapon. Defend it with truth. If everything I'm saying about Farad is not true, then you produce the facts. You follow what I'm saying? If what I'm saying about Islam is not true, then produce a book and prove it. I put a book out 10 years ago, 360 questions asked the Muslim, they ain't answered it yet. All they're still trying to push is the Bilal filler book. What did it deal with? Me, the teacher. That's because they think I am like their minister, the religious guy. I'm not. I'm a person. Play Monopoly with me and I'll cheat if I can win. Just for the fun of it. And that's my way of telling you, don't make me the preacher. We play baseball, I cheated. Say he's cheating. Pops is cheating. And he was having fun. The fool was the one saying, that fool will later go off and slander. I watch the people on the internet ignore him. They can't ignore me. They're too interested in what I have to say on the internet. The room captain, whoever says ignore him, the people are still asking me questions. Well, you see, they can't. I know that. You understand what I'm saying? I know they can't ignore me. They can't help. They're waiting for my boy. Sunday, they're waiting for me. Our room is so full that people are mad at us. Who is this Malachi person? The only thing that's wrong is you people not coming and saying, that's God. And get them real mad to keep the conversation going. You instead of you so busy not saying, that's God right there. You know God is right there talking to you. Anything you want to know, he ain't God. Yes, he is God. He ain't God. How can a 5% say I'm not God and believe some wino in Harlem became God? 
bonafide wino, ex father of Morris Science Temple, which is obvious by the symbol on the, of the five percent. The symbol of the five percent is a number of a circle, a seven, and a star and a crescent with NATO symbol behind it. That that eight pointed star is NATO symbol. And the circle and the seven is Noble Juali. Don't tell me Clarence was in the nation of Islam and never heard about Noble Juali. I call you a liar. Five percent symbol is a Morris science symbol. Five percent bragged that they were sitting in top full of nuts when he said, I met the father and we were drinking a cup of coffee. God Allah in person is drinking a cup of caffeine. But I can't be God. But a wino can be God. A half white man, half white and half black could be God, who ate pork, by the way. But for all they tell you, ate pork and then told him, don't eat this. He could be God or law, and I can't be God. Yeah, yeah. You got some yuppie on the cross with a 1960s hippie hairstyle called Jesus. He could be God, and I can't be God. Who y'all fooling, man? And only one of all those gods that show and prove their God by their works is me. Ain't nobody took all the scriptures. I ain't met a teacher yet. Ask your teacher why hasn't he translated the Quran for you himself, his way to support what he teaches. Even if they say he translated the Quran to support his teachers, say then why didn't your teacher? Support his teaching with his Quran. And why are you talking to why women? Now let me ask the Hebrew. Why didn't Yahweh Ben Yahweh translate the Torah instead of putting up some old phony book that looked like his own translation, some drawn sketches, and call it their Bible from the King James Version? And then turn to Hebrew Israelites and say, Why haven't Ben Ami and then turn to the Israelite church and ask, Why haven't Ermi? And keep on turning around and say, How come none of your Christian preachers? ever took the time to translate the scripture so we could see what it says. Why that man? Where did he get the time to do all of this? Meanwhile, writing a hundred books a year, covering every subject that they ask. I write books based on what people ask you. As I listen, though, you want to know about that? I'll tell you more than you want to know. I had one person say to me, how come I didn't go to a debate with Siraj Wahad? Do you know what would happen to Siraj if you mentioned a debate with Imam Issa? You make that man nervous and sick. He started getting sick. <laughs> Ahmed Zidat then died, and that was their last hope for lying and messing stuff up. They cannot deal with us. I heard a joke. It says, not put it in our language, right? It says that there's a Nawapian who's us and a Christian who's them camping together in the woods. And a bear comes. Correct? And as they get to running from the bear, the bear takes chase. 
and they run, and they run. And the Nawapian looks over to Christian and says, what you going to do now? He says, I'm going to pray. You know what I'm saying? He said, well, what you going to do, you know, because that bear is catching up with us. You follow? And Nawapian says, I don't have but one thing to worry about. The Christian says, what? Your religion? He said, no. Beating you in running. <laughs> you understand what I mean? That's the real deal. Right, you keep praying and I'll keep running. Your race is against the bear. My race is against you. <laughs> you, you try to outrun him. I'm just going to outrun you, and we'll see. <laughs> so نشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الواري الكريم وصلى الله على أنبياء أجمعين والمسيح والمحكي والمجدد لمن مرسلين أما بعد Are we not the bearers of witness that nothing would exist if Allah didn't create it and that he is alone and has no part and that all gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the sustainer of all the boundless universes all gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the generous eternal friend and send salutations of Allah on all of his prophets and his apostles and on the Messiah the anointed one and on the Mahdi the God and on the Mujaddah the reformer which was all sent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe to all Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. The man of the hour, airing seven days a week at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WGAG Radio.